Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 13th of February, 2023. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. We were just talking about UFOs, but Scotty, I think we should talk about the market instead, don't you? I mean, negative, negative start to the week here in Australia. Yeah, look, it was down 0.2% for the benchmark. It's not a whole bunch, but uh, it comes on the back of two losses to go and end last week as well. We've notched our first three-day decline so far in 2023 and a few heebie-jeebies out there, not just about UFOs, but uh, also maybe the, uh, the risk that we might see more rate increases coming through from central banks and uh, adding to earnings risks. Yeah, earnings risk. We'll get there in just a moment. You've written a pretty punchy view for the newsletter, the COB newsletter that accompanies all the great content that we put out today. Uh, yeah, being a bit critical of the Reserve Bank Governor Phil Lowe holding private briefings with bankers. Yeah, it's not the first time I've been critical and uh, look, probably in all likelihood it won't be the last either. But uh, it just bodes the uh, the problems with the communication coming from the bank during Lowe's uh, tenure as, the, as governor. It's been getting progressively worse and I almost made the point that I know a lot of people were talking about what may or may not have been said in that actual briefing. Uh, there was a lot of information that sort of changed the narrative between when the statement was released on, uh, on Tuesday and the SOMP that was released on Friday. Holding a, a private briefing with a select group of financial market participants between those two events and not bothering to go and actually explain why all of a sudden you're talking about having to go and do multiple rate hikes after not speaking to the public for over two months. I think it's pretty poor form. Yeah, there you go. So that's uh, the view on the RBA. Um, now, just back to equities. We did see the Emerging Companies Index, the Small Words Index underperforming, which uh, is not a big surprise on days like today. Bit of a mixed picture being painted around Asia. And uh, US E-minis have been underwater for most of the day today, if not all the day. So yeah, finishing at 7,418, down by two-tenths of a percent. I'm going to take a big breath here, Scuddy, because then we get to earnings, shall we? Uh, look, IAG, the best performer, up by close to 5% by the end of the session. Uh, look, it, um, it, it's, it's a first-half profit more than doubled, and its near-term margin drivers are looking pretty good. And so shareholders have rewarded that report. Endeavor Group as well. Uh, look, I was just reading a note from EMP saying, look, uh, just some of the cost savings and initiatives that they've been able to undertake really show how much the group was playing second fiddle as it was part of the Woolworths business. So it's really being able to, you know, be the, the controller of its own destiny after that first half profit beat estimates. And uh, its share price was up by 4%. Um, I'll just flip the page a bit and uh, take a look at some of those that really did disappoint today. Oh my goodness, Star Entertainment, 
Look, it's going to be booking an impairment charge. Shares down 20.5%. I mean, there were times earlier when all of this regulatory stuff was coming to the fore that I remember speaking with people saying, well, it couldn't get much worse. Well, guess what, guys? It just did for Star Entertainment, Scotty. Yeah, that New South Wales uh, government proposed uh, changes. Uh, certainly, that's what it's related to. And uh, I was surprised at how the market sort of batted off uh, when it was officially uh, first flagged there. Uh, came out uh, from the press release uh, one weekend uh, from the New South Wales Treasurer, uh, which is really strange. I suppose we've got a change of uh, potential uh, leadership there in New South Wales coming up next month. The polls are in to go by, so maybe that's the reason for it. But uh, at this point in time, certainly, uh, yeah, a big, big uh, non-cash impairment. And uh, I'm not surprised to go and see Snake Eyes roll on Star today, down, as you said, 20% plus. Horizon, first half net profit falling. It has cut its full-year earnings guidance. RBC Capital saying that it was a really terrible result coming through. Lendlease down by 6% today. JB Hi-Fi not providing guidance, but talking about sales slowing, down by 5.5%. Fletcher Building pre-guided the market to its release that's out on the 15th, so day after tomorrow, and shares were down by 5%. So look, you know, I'd say on balance, uh, you know, the reaction to a lot of these results was quite negative. And Appin, I think, deserves a mention as well. So it also flagged an impairment charge. And by the end of the session, its share price was off by 15%. I was taking a look at a five-year chart of Appin, and what a disaster. Uh, but before we get too bummed out about it all, at least the Aussie tech sector, check out Audinate up by close to 9.5%. And that's after it had record revenue, a record um, earnings coming through. Profit, well, it's still operating at a small loss. Um, Kashi spoke with the CEO. I think I still look at the overall tech space and say, look, there's still probably downside risk. Uh, but look, they're, they're a great business model. What I loved about it is the fact that this comes into the play of uh, reopening cycle. Um, it's a delayed reopening cycle play for them. They've got supply side issues. Despite all of that, they've done well. So that's a positive side of it. Um, and I think it holds up well. Um, and I, look, I'm a, I'm a fan. I just think the market in this cycle, I, I can't, I'm just telling myself the numbers are telling me to don't do it, to jump into text. That's the only reason. Otherwise, you're looking at Altium and Ordinate and saying, look, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're doing well. Yep. Um, it's just the market where it is. But apart from that, I, I think they've done really well for the macro where it is. Monopoly in the making. They've absolutely crushed the competition and they continue to crush it. Um, as good as the, um, the in industry numbers look, and I think now they're sort of 12 times they're in 12 times as many devices as the competitor. Yeah. If you look at the number of new devices um, coming out with their protocol, it just the comp competition is is basically yeah. non-existent. And yeah. so it's got before, a monopoly on it. It's, it's got a monopoly. This is one of the strongest businesses you can you can find. I, I Aiden Williams earlier today tried to push him on whether or not they'd be profitable soon and when he wouldn't. He wouldn't bite, but uh, yeah, that's a, that was a pretty strong result coming from an Aussie tech company that has well, had a lot of headwinds to deal with. So yeah, really sort of pedal hitting the metal kind of phase that we're in for reporting season. Scotty, anything sort of stand out to you today? 
Not really. It just seems to be asymmetric. The risks when around these earnings results. Uh, I've been writing about more broadly from a, you know, a top-down perspective that uh, the markets are looking pretty priced for perfection, and uh, we're seeing at the moment that if perfection or something on those lines is delivered, there's a bit of a ho hum kind of reaction. But uh, more often than not, uh, if there's any whiff of disappointment, whooshka. Yeah, we are, down we go. Uh, car sales a muted response up by about a quarter of a percent. You know, really strong language um, confirming uh, all of their expectations for the different business units. Um, look, we're, we've been speaking with some of these CEOs. You can catch that interview with Cameron McIntyre, the CEO, actually MD of car sales online. Same with that of Audinate. Um, look, we've got great, uh, great CEO guests lined up for the rest of the week. Really gives us a chance to ask not only about the number, but really about where the focus is going forward, where the development, where the innovation is coming through. And that's one of the uh, questions I had for Cameron McIntyre. Just, you know, with all this talk of AI, like how are these Aussie companies incorporating AI into their processes? So if you'd like to have a listen to that, feel free to do so. Um, look, Scotty, otherwise it was sector wise i mean the materials was pretty negative overall the banks were pretty negative of course we get cba reporting later this week one standout performer sector wise i suppose was the energy space after we learned over the weekend that russia would be cutting its oil output yeah uh that old chestnut seems to be uh you know everyone's going to be getting very negative on energy very quickly and uh kind of behaving that the uh, energy challenge and uh, energy uh, no, scramble for uh, for security was uh, was done and dusted. So just a reminder that uh, things can change pretty rapidly out there at the moment. And of course, it's, at the same time, we're talking about all these activity indicators in uh, in China that are now starting to go and turn higher pretty rapidly as well. So you put those two together, and uh, from a market balance perspective, uh, and given where inventory sit amongst uh, a lot of different products. Yeah, there's a bit of vulnerability there. We do see a positive supply shock coming, or demand shock coming through, I should say. Yeah, well, that, it's interesting, though, because I've been having a lot of conversations about this China reopening. Some people call it the tepid reopening of China. You know, we really haven't seen a lot of this um, resurgence in demand in particular. So we'll watch the China story. Look, there's no data that we had to mull over today here in China or locally. We get a sort of secondary read on consumer inflation expectations tonight in the States. But it, it really is all about this inflation read that's coming later in the week for the United States. I had a good chat with Chris Weston from Pepperstone earlier today because, you know, two weeks ago when we had the FOMC, he sort of flagged the fact that it was the data that could be the real sort of uh, flashpoint for any volatility. And of course, that came to fruition with the jobs data that we saw out that Friday. So we were just sort of mulling over what it would take to get the uh, the Fed to put a 50 basis point hike onto the table once again in terms of this inflation read. I mean, we could see could see uh, a, a, a bit of volatility. This inflation read could come in hotter than expected. What's, what's your best guess? Because that's really all it is. I haven't, uh, I haven't decided what I'm going to do for my opinion piece in the newsletter tomorrow, but the one thing that the markets to me have been lost on recently is this whole idea about it's the year-on-year -year inflation rate is all that matters. And, oh, no, if you look at this, if we extrapolate what's been happening the last few months, we'll be in no negative uh, no, uh, territory within the next uh, six months or so. There's nowhere near enough being paid attention to what the monthly increases are and then what that will see the year-on-year -year rates settle at in, say, three, four, five months' time. And whether it's here, Europe, anywhere else in the world at this, uh, this point in time, for that matter, at this point, 
a lot of those readings are all pointing to the likelihood that we'll still see the annual rate of inflation, whether you're talking underline or, or headline measure, well and truly above target. No, double, if not more than target. Is that a success for the central banks in taming inflation? I'd say no. Yeah, well, you know, that is sort of the consternation going on right now in markets. It's hawkish language coming from the central banks. It's the real possibility of a hard landing and that now, you know, really that conversation is extending to Australia after that change in rhetoric coming from the RBA that we referenced uh, last week in uh, the monetary policy statement as well as the SOMP. So, look, that is uh, really what is dictating market sentiment right now. Uh, look, we get the NAB business survey tomorrow. That's always an interesting one. Um, you know, but but really the, the big kahuna is that inflation read that's coming out of the U.S. And also inflation in the U.K. as well. I'd rate that up there um, as well. Um, and then, of course, this specter of UFOs. I'm I'm joking, but... You know, it, it is concerning in the geopolitical front if these are, you know, surveillance <laughs> balloons or whatever coming through from China or beyond. Yeah, the uh, octagon or I uh, know it's... Cylindrical? Um, actually, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. That, no, there was, there, was, there, was, there was another one that was spotted above uh, a key port in China, apparently uh, no, earlier today. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, look, uh, I've seen a lot in my, <laughs> my 41 years or so. Uh, nothing really makes me go surprised anymore. Who, who knows what this is, but uh, we've overcome a lot of things in the past, and uh, I dare say hopefully we'll be able to overcome this as well. Yeah, all right. Well, I like your optimism on this Monday afternoon, Scuddy. Uh, just to reiterate, um, we did see the uh, local market down by the end of the session to the tune of about two-tenths of a percent. If I you know, look toward what we're expecting on the earnings front tomorrow, that's going to be occupying us. Uh, throughout the day to tomorrow, um, you know, big week with CBA coming on Wednesday. But we've got Ansel, we have Challenger, we have Computer Share, we've got CSL, we've got Dexis. Uh, so yeah, there's lots that we'll be mulling over tomorrow, which I'm already looking forward to. Scotty, how about you? Me too. But in the interim, I've got to go and say some uh, some words to my lovely wife. Happy anniversary. It's our second oh. anniversary today. So that's what's preoccupying me for the uh, time being. Just lovely. You can wrap Valentine's Day into the anniversary forever. You'll never forget your anniversary, I don't think. Wonderful. Well, congrats, guys. I'll see you tomorrow, Scotty. I, 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 I lucked it. <laughs> see you later. Take care. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.